Listeners are advised, this podcast contains spoilers. Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. Oh, hey, we're on. I'll break you twice, bitches. <laughs> okay, then. G'day, and welcome to this week's episode of Drag Race Debates, A Kicky with a Kick. I'm your debate master for this episode, Rose Carla Glasses, and before we start, we want to say a huge thank you to Amalie Golden for letting us use her fabulous song, Knock You Out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, and where all good music is sold. And now, against my will... I'm required to introduce our two fighters for this week. In the glitter corner, if Slimer and Dobby had a baby, she would be it. It's Yolanda Nina Pickle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You lost your last fight. I hope you're not too sore about that. <laughs> yes. Actually, I have had a sore neck all day today. Maybe that's why I'm losing my last fight. Oh, well, I do hope your head's in the game because you've got some stiff competition today. And of course, speaking of the devil herself, versus the representative from the lace front corner, she's all the superlatives under... Ooh, I'm reading that wrong. She's all the super laxatives under the sun. It's Mimi Kaka. That's right, bitches. Out of my way. I got my sassy pants on. I hope they're leak-proof, because after last week's little accident... Yeah, always gotta represent my pony boys. Now, to quickly race through the rules, our fierce fighters will go boob to boob for five fights. Each fight will contain three phases... Go make your statement, girl. Will contain their pre-written statements. Shake your rebuttal. Should be self-explanatory. Which leads us to oh no, debater, don't. Where our master debaters will come at each other, wigs off, fake nails cemented down to defend their stance. All the while debunking and devaluing their opposition's point of view. At the end of each round, players will be judged based on how much crap they pulled out in terms of comedy, rebuttal, argument. And passion. So, without wasting any more time, let the dreadful debate begin. Are you ready, fighters? Ready, 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 ready. Can I kick your ass? Excellent. <laughs> Round one, category is, who should be a future guest judge? Yolanda, approach the stand and make your opening statement, please. Okay, this one wasn't hard for me to pick who my dream future judge would be. And that is because this person has actually been someone that I've idolised and looked up to since I was little. Like, talking the same, um, since I was like two years old, my mum bought me a doll of this person. Because I used to watch the concert all the time, back to back non-stop and it was probably in some in many ways my first introduction to drag from that tender young age so my dream guest judge would be boy george mimikaka go make your statement girl well i really thought that bringing a certain amount of sensitivity to the show and the personality and a little bit more of rue world would have done us all a world of good for that reason i think now and any time into the future my dream guest judge would be the one the only Rue's husband, of course, George Labar. Oh, God, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> you did. It's just too romantic. That it is. All right, Yolanda, shake that rebuttal. Um, who... Okay, my, my one question in rebuttal for this is who wants to work with their husband? I surely don't. Don't you spend enough time with them at home anyway? I don't know how you can rebut Yolanda's opening statement, Mimi, but give it a shot. I think Boy George would probably be a suitable candidate, but he's just like anyone else. He's just like any of the other guest judges. 
Well, I'll give credit to Boy George. I'm not really sure that it really would have had the same finesse. He's an industry personality and he can play the role well. He'll have his merits, but what is more sensitive and personable than having your very own lover on stage with you? Alrighty, so we're getting warmed up. Crack your necks, your backs, your pussies and your cracks and fight. So we were never talking about dream guest judge for Rue, we were talking about dream guest judge for us. So while I'll admit we probably don't want to spend 100% of our time with our special loved ones, that has nothing to do with this argument right now. My dream guest judge and having that additional exposure to Rue's life and have a bit more realness in reality TV makes it makes George the absolute perfect candidate for Paul. I, I don't know, I just... I'm looking at it, how many movies fail, like when you go to the cinema to see a film that has the two people that are lead in it that are either married or in a relationship together, it's usually crap. There's no chemistry, it's boring, because their real life love doesn't translate to the screen. And that might be exactly what would happen if George was on the panel as a guest judge. They, that would be boring, it would be, there wouldn't be the chemistry or the excitement oh. that might be in their relationship, and personal, in their personal life, sorry. And then to come and sit on the panel it might just make everything awkward and boring for everyone else. And that's I'm not, not exciting to watch. To tonguing each other while they're judging other people. What I'm looking for is that insight that Rue, you know, that pillow talk that probably Rue's going back to George and explaining what's going on and how he perceives things and what's going on and what's happening. I think there would be like a real inner insight and real truth to the judgments that would be coming from George. I don't know if it would be the same for Boy George. I feel like Boy George would be towing the line and would be there for self-promotion rather than actually enhancing the show other than his appearance. Whereas I feel like George would really enhance the show. There's a lot more. I feel like the role of guest judge is to promote yourself. That's you know like prerequisite. If you don't, if you're not there, sort of trying to get your face back on TV, then why are you there? What was Lucy Lawless it's... doing in 2009 to promote herself? No, but she wanted to get her face back on TV so that people knew who she was so they might hire her again. <laughs> Fair enough. I feel like he's a good just judge too, Boy George, I mean, because he is, a, you know, an icon of the industry to an extent. He was, in the uh, early 80s, someone who was a man who was on TV with long hair, wearing makeup. Yes, maybe not full drag female impersonator style, but at least bringing that element of drag to mainstream music and mainstream pop culture. So I think he'd have valuable insight as a judge to share with the contestants, not just what he's heard in bed laying next to (laughs) Rue. Well, I mean, the other thing is, though, coming from George's point of view, he is a bit of a creative himself, and he does like the arts, and he does like creativity and all of that sort of thing. So I feel like his opinion could be really valuable to the show because it's taking a different approach so boy george is going to be the same or similar approach to what our cast members are taking um in order to promote themselves whereas george is coming from a completely different angle like he's into the arts but he's not in that scene so i feel like that could be a little bit more valuable because the feedback would be more honest and yeah just having a different approach to it and by George, that's a lot of Georges, so I think we'll leave it there. That's right. <laughs> it's all about the Georges. I thought you both made some pretty good points. Yolanda pointing out how romantic, with an eye roll, uh, working with a husband, no one wants to do that, and boy George being an icon, all very valid points. However, you were debunked by Mimi Kaka, who pointed out 
how incredibly generic, that George Labar is, in fact, into the arts. And overall, I just, I really liked the different angle you gave to this fight. Going with somebody who is perhaps not well known, but still somebody who could probably bring a unique angle to their judgments. So, to award some points, Yolanda, you get three, oh, and Mikaka, you get four. Alright, we'll move straight on. Oh, we won't move straight on. So, before we move on to our second round, we're going to take a quick break and a whiskey enema. What a waste of good whiskey. G'day listeners, Mimi Kako here. While our master debaters are tending to their womb, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts. The fully fabulous Kristen Johnston's, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoirs, Guts, details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the most fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tell which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon or Joan Collins's bedrockian daughter, but once you've died into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold. Grab your copy of Guts today. And welcome back to Drag Race Debates, a kick you with a kick. Let's continue on with round two. Category is, give RuPaul a proper drag name. Mimikaka, you can go first this time. I really like RuPaul. I know it's a given name, and I completely appreciate how much it might take away from Ru's personal life. Going out in public and having the name called out loud. So it's kind of understandable to pick a different name. But I really love RuPaul. What am I going to do? So to, when I really like started analysing it, I'm like, well, I still really like the name. So why not go with Ruruchu? I just think it's cute and it fits the personality. All right, Yolanda, go make your statement, girl. All right. Coming up with a drag name for Ru is really difficult because RuPaul is an iconic name in itself. So coming up with something different for someone who's already iconic is really tricky. So I went... In had a little sort of peek through his bio to try and come up with something that was related to him, but also not just, you know, his name. And I think, I know, I came up with something, and that was Atlanta Diego. And it's made up of a couple of places that he started his life and career. Excellent. Now, Mimi Kaka, show us your rebuttal. So we're just giving town names to people now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yolanda, you're up. Just sounds like something that you would eat, not a name that you would think about with a, such an iconic personality. All right, go hard or go home. Fight. What Fight. about Coco Chanel then? I mean, seriously. <laughs> what about Coco Chanel? It's delicious as well. It's Coco. And why would Rue not want to be delicious? Delicious is one word for it. I just think it sounds like. It doesn't sound like good food, I think, is more the problem. It sounds like something that you would go, oh, that sounds interesting, try it, and just be like, oh, dear, no. Why did I put that in my mouth? Probably not the first time in your life you thought that. Leave me out of it, please. <laughs> Why would you go after Carmen San Diego, for fuck's sake? <laughs> like, I get maybe Atlanta. Hey, I left out the sand on purpose. Go for one of them. Why would you go for both of them? Oh, uh, guys, we know where Carmen San Diego is. She's at home in lockdown. 
<laughs> no one wants to hear from the judge. All I can think of with Diego is having to spend hours in the library playing a stupid game that I didn't want to freaking play in the first place, but apparently I had to because it was educational. That's, that is unfortunate. I don't. I think I played it once. I'd much rather be delicious and cute than a town. I, I think they're pretty iconic places that were big parts of Rue's life, and they're of all the ones that were there to choose from, they were the ones that sort of fit together better than most of the others. Um. <laughs> And I left out the sand from San Diego on purpose. Yeah, but if you're doing self, so it didn't come out, Carmen San Diego. If you're doing, if you're doing self promotion though, and you're typing in, oh, I want to look up fruitful cars, aka Atlantis Diego. What are you gonna get? You're gonna get tourism. You're not gonna get fruitful. But if you know that fruitful Charles is their real name, you're gonna look that up anyway and find it. But yeah, I, hey, I think it's all a mood boy because at the end of the day, fruitful Charles is a perfect name, and he doesn't need a, a drag name. Kudos to you. I agree. <laughs> yep. I agree with you, girl. I, I'm with you. That's it. I wouldn't go past. Rupert. I would neither. All right. Okay. No, 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 no. And honestly. But I am happy. I am happy with delicious, cute <laughs> treats. I don't care about tourism and I don't care about climate. That's all right. Delicious treats. All right. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I have to stop you guys. This has just turned into a total dog turd in a paper brown bag. <laughs> On my doorstep, which you guys lit on fire, rang my doorbell, and when I opened the door, this is what I was forced to listen to. But I have to call a winner, so Mimi, you get two, Yolanda, you get one, and let's just forget this ever happened, shall we? It was fucking awful. Okay, now before I fall asleep, round three category is... Which contestant deserves a second chance to return to the competition? Yolanda, go make your statement, girl. Okay. The queen that I think should be invited back to compete was someone I don't think really got a chance to show their true potential as a drag queen and their way, how far they really could have gone on the show. And in some ways it was a little bit of self-sabotage because I think that they weren't ready for the show necessarily, but I think if they were to come back, they would be ready and willing to fight. And that person is Tammy Brown. Mimikaka. So last week's episode was a really sad one. I even shed a little tear. Angina should have never been eliminated. She should be in the finale. Yolanda, your rebuttal? I think Angina got close enough to the finale. I think the person coming back should be someone that didn't get as far, that hadn't gotten as close to that final hurdle. And Mimi, shake that rebuttal. Tammy wasn't ready, and I'm not sure that anytime soon she will be. Roll your sleeves up, take your earrings out, and fight. Wasn't ready for the competition. She was awkward and insecure right from the get go. She may have had potential, but it's not going to be there for a little while yet. I don't think that she could hold up against the other queens in this competition. Her contribution wouldn't be valuable enough in comparison to Angina's. Quite clearly, she made it further, so therefore there's more merit in having somebody that. I think that Tammy would be a. I think her contribution would be more than you realise up against these people who are such big personalities and have done, like you say, have done a lot to get there. And that, in that, that she has, you know, had was so quiet at the start that if she was to come back, I think she put herself forward more and be more of a, the personality and show more of her uniqueness than what we saw before. And I also think that she'd have the eye of the tiger if she could come back. She's ready to go. And I think that she's a point of difference with against everyone else, that she, her, her you know, quirkiness is something that would stand out now with so few people in the competition, whereas before when there were so many of them, 
she was overshadowed. And Angina, granted, had made it really far and was a beast in a lot of the challenges. But I think she had her day, that, you know, she'd gone as far as she could and I don't think if she came back she would necessarily win. And she's at a point where she'd share, you know, she was doing so well that she can just step away from this competition and keep doing well. unjust that they let Angina go. You saw how difficult it was for Rue in the first place to make the decision to push somebody like that away. I think it would have probably not had the same merit having Angina come back to the show as Tammy coming back because from the point of view of not participating in the show enough, you might assume that she would have had the eye of the tiger, but maybe she's had enough. Maybe she's had enough of this crap. Maybe she needs more time. Maybe she needs more exposure over time as well. Tammy came in like a pool in a china shop in the very first episode and she didn't come across very kindly. It took a while for any kind of personality to shine through. Is that what we're going to see by introducing somebody like that back into the finale? That, oh, wait, no, hang on, sorry, we need an extension on the finale because Tammy isn't ready? Angina is ready. Tammy isn't. About Angina leaving, we'll just fly back there for a second. It was hard for Ruby because I think the audience would have been upset either way. If BB had gone instead, there would have been the same question, same outcry as to her going over. It was a an impossible situation. They were both people that everyone would be upset if they left and and sad about. So I don't it think like it's never an impossible decision to let Tammy go. But the Tammy also essentially asked to go. So it's you know it's easier to go when that person wants to go. Same as Janelle wanting to go. It's not it's it's easy when they put themselves on the sword and we're sort of fighting it the makes sense. Um, but Tammy coming back now, I think she would have had time to reflect on her choices at the start of the competition and how her, whether it be her behaviour or the behaviour of others affected her, that she would come back with a different attitude, that she would be prepared to take, you know, the heat if that's the case, if they, you know, or it or put herself forward more and shine with her special light. Well, I think we can save that for another season. I don't think it's warranted in this season. And I think Angina doesn't need the show. It's not, uh, you know, I think the, the time that she had was great and the time that she was there worked, but I don't necessarily think she needs to be the winner to exceed. As you already said, she was already doing well. She already has great exposure and experience. So she's already there. She's going to take the time that she's had in the show and be able to just lift herself higher. It's not, she doesn't need the show to do that or to be the winner of the show. Sorry, to do that. I think the quality and the personality of Angina definitely outweighs a lot of the other contestants there. I think it was an unfortunate situation where she landed herself last week. I think that the other contestants were far less deserving to continue staying on in the competition. I don't think Tammy would have been one of those people that would have made it. I think she needs a lot more growth um, and time to develop. I don't think a couple of episodes or a couple of weeks away from the show would have made that much of a difference to her. She might have come back with a bit of flair, but she would have not held her own against the other queens that were there, whereas Angina would hold her own. Would have, would, and still can hold her own against the other queens. I think we could probably leave it there. Uh, That was actually a much better fight than the shitfest that we had in round two. So, to give some scores, uh, I thought, Yolanda, you made some good points about coming back with a different attitude and uh, standing out more now. So I'll give you four points. And Mimi, I thought you also made some good points about Tammy being unworthy for this season in particular, that she also needs growth, that Angina is ready and can hold her own, plus could benefit from the exposure a lot more than Tammy. So therefore, you get five points.
before we bore our audience too much, let's move on <laughs> to round four. The category is who had the best runway look? Mimi, take it away. So I can't go past a strong woman. And the strongest woman in this round was most definitely Mia Flowers. I love the mango look. I love the green turquoise combination as well. To not distract from the other orange zesty contestants. Yolanda, what have you got to say for yourself? The best runway look for me was someone who had cohesion across their looks and each one fit the brief perfectly, suited this person perfectly, and for someone who claimed they couldn't sew, looked really beautifully made. And that person was Bibi. Mimi, bend forward and shake that rebuttal. I'm not sure about the balanced looks. Considering that this queen has always gone for Africa, the hair didn't fit into a normal style at all. Yolanda, show us how it's done. Granted, Nina's looks all look the same, but that was simply because they just all looked green. I didn't see anything other than green. They all just looked like big green blobs to me. I didn't see the form and the style that each one should have had individually, and it all just blurred together and was, to me, rather boring. All right, it's our second last fight. So I want this one to be dirty. Break all the rules. Ding fucking ding. I resent your green blob statement. That was bloody turquoise, not green. What the fucking crack are you smoking? Can I have some? <laughs> it was green. It was Lima from Ghostbusters In green. Which outfit? In which outfit? It, it was... What's wrong with a green swimsuit anyway? Then it could be anything. You put her on a freaking panel and chuck a green screen. Well, she is the green screen then. <laughs> she is the green screen. And then she could have anything at all. She could have mangoes all over her titties. She pretty much did with those tiny pieces of mango thrown into the thing. I just can't help but wonder what that will be like in two days when they're all sort of shriveling up. We're talking about tonight. Getting stinky. She had the most creativity and the most ingenuity with all three of her outfits. I I don't get the creativity. Like, she literally glued mango skin just randomly to it. Like, you know, just went, oh, well. What did Bibi do? Smush raspberries into her head? glued onto clips from the looks of it they were strategically placed i mean they are raspberries it's not easy to work with i mean at least the mango you've got a few different parts to choose from and coming back to the bb's not looking like her usual self i'm pretty sure that's exactly what they asked for they wanted them to be to step out of themselves and and stretch themselves and show what more they can do and i think that it's you know to tar bb with the africa brush so to speak so that she's a one-trick pony and that's her look is i you know is unfortunate because that's not I think she is more than that she's much more capable of doing more and being more than that and I think that she proved that with this because she did struggle at the start of this challenge she really didn't know where to go and even how to work with pink and she made it work and it worked well in each of her looks I disagree with you I think I think it was a very basic cheap trick and it was completely evident by the fact that she did struggle so much it was a cheap trick what she had done to make herself look unique and different because it wasn't she only changed one thing about herself to make herself unique and different whereas Nina Flowers actually did a lot to make herself look different she changed her hair she'd worn a full piece bodysuit for the swimsuit competition She'd worn this delicate, elegant little cardigan for the power businesswoman. And then she wore this beautiful, elegant dress in turquoise. That was actually really, really creative, considering that was kind of tough circumstances, dealing with mango as a theme and not overshadowing 
other contestants' colours. I don't think that it was. She only had to wear the swimsuit because she had to make one. It was the, you know, she didn't have a choice. She still put a wrap pretty much over the top and covered up most of it. So I don't really think she was stepping out of any box or trying any harder than she needed to to be like she normally is. And it's the same with her finale dress. It was a lot like the dresses that her and Mia wore the night before, the week before. You know, the style was very similar. So she's not stretched herself at all. Whereas Phoebe, I think her finale, like her final dress, the formal dress, wasn't the style that she normally wears. She is usually a bit more exposed, a bit more, um, you know, a bit more boobs pushed up, whereas the high neck and everything covering up a lot of her, which is not her normal self. Uh, I think she looked a bit drab and dull, to be honest with you. I don't know, like it just all looked a bit show pony-ish, and I don't think it was that different to what she'd normally go for, with the exception of that she changed her hair for the final dress a little bit to not do her usual thing. I don't think she was that creative at all. She, I'm trying to look at it now. And I'm... <laughs> I, I don't think anyone can be driving raspberry pink. And also, if you can't show Maybe pony it's... on a, a drag show, when are you going to show pony? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's March in Australia and hot as hell, but damn, that fight just burned us all up. Uh, Mimi, you went in hard, almost as hard as, to quote your own argument, mangoes all over the titties. So if we've learned anything today, it's that man comes and goes all over titties. Five points. While Yolanda's points about raspberries being difficult, plus her defiance and debunking of Mimi's statements... Grants her four points. So as we head into the final round, the scores are Yolanda on eight, Mimi on 11. Don't get too excited yet. Yolanda, you can still catch up. I don't know. I think I'm too far behind to go any harder. Uh, that's what <laughs> oh she <my> said. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, my ears. My poor, poor ears. Alrighty. Uh, on that note, we're going to try to compose ourselves and... We're going to have a little piddle break. Back in a minute. G'day, race debaters. Rose Colour Glasses here. Us here at Drag Race Debates love reading. Obviously, we enjoy reading each other, but we also love reading books. And did you know that we have our own bookstore? That's right. Go to www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to find novels, plays, storybooks, and more. Because reading is what? Highly imperative to our mental health and development. That's www.thetonistontales.com forward slash bookstore to help support our network. And we're back with Drag Race Debates, a kicking with a kick. That was Amali Golden, and the score is exactly as it was before the ad break. So we're going to jump straight into fight number five, the final fight of the series before the final. Whoever wins today will go straight to the grand final, and the other will face me in the semi-final. So, are you ready, fighters? This is my cup of care. Look, it's empty. That sounds like it. I said, are you ready, fighters? No, I want to run away as quickly as I can. (laughs) (laughs) I'd fight you, but you don't smell good from here. (laughs) I'm going to fuck you up, motherfucker. (laughs) That's what I like to see. All right, category is, which judge should go home, Merle or Santino? Yolanda, your opening statement, please. Okay. Cody's judge, I think, should go home. It's Santino. 
I don't think that he brings anything, uh, it, really anything to the show. Like, he's a fashion designer and rarely comments on clothing. He's boring. All right, Mimikaka, you're left with no choice, so take it away. I reckon Mel's the one that needs to go home. Her feedback is less critical, and therefore it's not constructive. Yolanda, may we see your rebuttal? Mel brings, I think, uh, a touch of the femininity as well, like actually being a female, to have, you know, for, to the point of view of impersonating females. So I think that she does have a place on the panel. And Mimi, may we hear yours? Um, so I think Santino is extremely valuable to the show because of that expertise that he brings to the table. And I also think that the criticism that he has, while sometimes it might be a little bit... Um, mean i still think it's valuable feedback i think the contestants can grow from that well this is it folks the final fight get ready there might be some bruises in the end ding ding santino i think is too mean and that is actually one of the reasons why he should go home because i don't think it is constructive he just you know snaps in there and then doesn't actually elaborate on what he's talking about and he i'm sorry you say that he has expertise but it, i've not i don't think i've seen him use it maybe once commented on the fit or the hem of a dress and that's it like he's never you know that if that's his expertise he should be using it every episode not what do you mean so randomly being mean is totally going to be helpful whose criticism do you think is going to be held and retrained um, retained by our contestants more somebody who's agreeable or somebody who's actually giving them criticism they're going to hear the criticism and they're going to try and improve themselves based on that if they're just hearing oh you'll be right you'll do well they're not going to improve mel is like the mother duck and she doesn't have strong opinions she won't voice them and she rarely like she rarely does anything beyond agreeing with the other judges occasionally she'll throw in a bit of feedback but it's nowhere near as valuable as Centeno's is if I was a contestant I would want to know the worst of the worst and how to better myself I wouldn't want somebody in the judging panel to be like oh you did alright you'll do better next time like I see how you stuffed that up it's okay uh, just improve on that rather than being like you really stuffed that up you've got to work on that because if you don't you're gonna go home there's a bit of a difference between the two and while I think there's total merit to having female judges at the same time it's good to have the male input as well beyond ruse so yes most definitely there should be a balance in the judges but I don't think Mel is necessarily going to provide that constructive feedback to our contestants that's I think there's a like you were saying about having sort of the balance of a female on the judge I think there's also a balance of the having someone who isn't always criticizing because not everybody grows like that and there are people who will just be shut down by that if that's all that they hear from everybody they're just going to you know it's going to bring them down and put them in a place that's probably not all that healthy so having someone there to help balance that and say you know that what you did do all right and what you could do better next time in a way that's a lot more like you said motherly and mother duck like is also helpful and beneficial to the panel especially when they you know some of the guest judges that they've had have actually very critical and quite um harsh to the contestants it's a competition it needs to be criticized though like we're not we're not here for like a smooth ride we're here for a fast roller coaster if you can't keep up if you can't handle the criticism then you probably shouldn't be there anything in that kind of industry where it's modeling and performance arts you need to expect that you will be criticized and if you can't handle criticism in a um, 
a nurtured environment such as RuPaul's because I feel like it's more nurtured than it would be, say, um, going out and trying to make it on your own sort of a situation, you, you need to be able to be challenged by criticism and you need to be able to hold your own against that criticism because otherwise I don't think you're going to make it in a highly competitive And I actually don't yeah. agree with you at all there. I think you're completely right. It's I just don't think Santino's brand of criticism is helpful because he, even half the time, it's not, you know, constructive. He's just, you know, pointing out what one other contestant's done better over someone else. It's not, you know, what, you know, sort of necessarily just criticising them. It's like, well, this person's done better than you. This is, you know, he just doesn't, I don't think he used the criticism in a way that is going to help these people grow and push them. He, in his, I don't know, I just don't think he has the right attitude for it. He's not, you know, there's, I think that there's people who work in the role as the bad guy on a panel. And I just think for Santino to take on that role, he actually maybe has to go a little harder. And that's why he should. So he's too hard, but then at the same time, he's not hard. Yeah, he's too, he's, that's right. He's too middle of the road. Like he's, when he is criticism, oh, you sorry, when he is criticizing, it's not in a way that is helpful to the contestants. And then the rest of the time, he's just. But if he's pointing out know, to contestants, boring. hey, this is what the other contestant did better than you, is that not exactly pointing out what he should be pointing? out it's like look at your competition look at what they have done better than you he's not going oh you stuffed that up because your hem wasn't done well he was like you stuffed that up that's exactly what he said but and but look at what the other hem looks like in comparison to the hem that you've done so he's actually pointing out with the other contestants how that specifically they have stuffed up in comparison to the other contestants he isn't going hey i'm a designer look how i can do a hem this is how you should have done it he's saying that's exactly what he should say to be better than that he should say i'm an expert in this this is how i know better than you he's he's not he's not teaching he's not teaching people how to make hems he's teaching people he's well sorry he's explaining to people how he how one contestant has done better than the other one so he's pointing it out in their field he isn't saying hey um you need to be a designer in order to be a drag queen this is how i do a professional hem he's saying this is your competition you just need to do better than them no 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 and then let me dis on mel some more um yeah mel is really really boring <laughs> Like, how do you expect to participate in the show if you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs and looking up at the freaking clouds and, you know, I don't know what she's got underneath the table that she's smoking, but she's definitely not with it. I think Mel would do a lot better behind the scenes as the Mother Dark than she would as a judge. I don't think there's anything constructive about the feedback that she's providing to our contestants. She's too agreeable. She's very supportive of what the other judges have to say rather than creating and saying her own opinion. Maybe that's her place, though, too, is to be the, the social balance of the of the guest judges and the other judges, too. So not just, you know, always having her own opinion, but supporting what the guests are bringing in and making that, you know, because she's there all the time, you know, putting that to the contestants because they know her. So they hear it coming from her as opposed to someone that they don't know as well because she is there all the time. So she's able to frame that and agree with that person and then present that to the contestants in a way that will be constructive and helpful to them. I'm almost concerned she's going to try and take Rue's job off her. It's Rue's job. It's Mama Rue for the win always. Rue needs to be the one that's coming in and actually supporting these queens. Not Mel. No, I... That's not Mel's place at all. I think it is. I think Rue's too... Rue has too much personality for that. He's 
too many of his own opinions and jokes and things to throw in to be agreeing with everyone else, even if he does. I think he's got, you know, he's always got his own thing to say and got some great one-liners and, and things that, you know, because he thinks so quickly on his feet, whereas I think Merle's the one that's able to sort of take stock of what everyone else is saying, whereas Rue's way too punchy for that. So at the end of the day... Santino was a contestant on a reality show and he didn't win. So who's he to be telling these contestants what they should be doing to win this competition? He clearly has no idea how to win a reality show. Well, who the fuck is now? Oh, mama. All right. That was one hell of a fight. That was back and forth. My neck is so incredibly sore right now. (laughs) I'm going to cut straight to the points because holy shit, that was a good one. Yolanda, you made some excellent points about Santino being quite useless, being too mean, which means he's not helpful enough. Mimi, you also made some excellent points that mean can be helpful, but boring and unconstructive is indeed not helpful. Uh, Look, I could talk for an hour about that fight, but Yolanda, you get nine points. Mimi is a clean sweep with ten. Ten? Ten? Wow. Congratulations on your win. But it's not just not funny, it's on how good your points are too, like what you're arguing. Oh, well, clearly I'm really good at things. Yes. Um, You should be a lawyer. Chin up, princess, the crown slips. You really are off your game tonight, Yo-Yo. True, true. Alrighty, that's it from us for Drag Race Debates for this week. That was a tough fight, that one. Yolanda, I shall see you in the semi-finals. Mimi, you're straight through to the final, so you better start getting ready for that one. Can you smell that, Yolanda? That's the smell of second place. <laughs> Wait till next time. Be sure to check out the Toniston Tales, follow us on Twitter, check us out on Patreon at Blooming Theatricals. Special thanks again to Amali Golden for letting us use her fantastic song, Knock You Out. You can check out her music on Spotify, iTunes, and where all good music is sold. I've been your host, Rose Colour Glasses, and we'll see you next time. Bring it. Bye-bye. It's already been brought in. <laughs> I already written broaded. <laughs> <laughs>